The Productive Woman, Episode 329. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I am excited to share with you my conversation with speaker, author, Fortune 500 executive, and mom, Whitney Hawthorne. You'll find more information about Whitney, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 329. I'm so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Whitney Hawthorne. Whitney is a speaker, an author, a Fortune 500 executive, a mom, and a podcaster with a passion for supporting and encouraging working moms. She loves travel, hiking, watching movies, and creating. And Whitney lives in Utah with her family, and I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Whitney. Hi, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm thrilled that you were able to make time to talk with me. I gave a little bit of your background there, a little bit of intro, but before we get too far into this, maybe we could start by you telling us a little more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever you think would be useful for us to know as we get into a conversation about productivity. Sure. Uh, so yes, I'm here in Utah, recently relocated in in fact, I am currently in corporate housing. We are planning to purchase a home this upcoming Monday. So I'm super excited about that. Our original intent was actually to rent, but that's a whole nother story. Um, anyway, I'm here with my husband, our little dog, and my two sons. One is eight months and the other is uh, two and a half years old. I actually came out here for work. Um, I run customer support for a major airline. I'm sure you can guess which one if you do a little bit of Google. And, um, and I also run the Savvy Working Mom, which is a platform that I started once I had my first son and realized that there just was not enough support in the world for working mothers. It focuses largely on the ideas of productivity and um, time savings and reducing stress, relieving guilt, kind of, and finding more joy and peace, essentially. And that, again, started when I had my first son because I was really, as a mom, struggling at first with how do I make it all work? How do I make these passions and um, kind of, I guess, side hustly type things that I had going on work alongside the career that I really, truly enjoy and want to um, continue to evolve in alongside being a wife and a friend and a sister and now a mother. It was difficult for me at first. And when I started asking other moms about it, they were kind of like, yeah, this is a big fat challenge, right? I didn't find anyone who said this is really easy. <laughs> Most people said, I don't know if I'm making it work. I'm trying to make it work. Um, but it was all very hush hush, right? No one was coming out and saying that it was challenging. And I thought, you know, the more people I talk to, the more, I guess, strength and solidarity almost I find. And then the more solutions I find to help me. And so I started the Savvy Working Mom to share more of that information and essentially collate, gather together and kind of put together all of the time-saving and productivity tips and work-life balance tips that were coming to me to share with others. Yeah, it's such a great thing to do. And I can totally relate to what you were describing. 
I had so many similar conversations with young moms in particular before I started this podcast. So I think you and I were motivated in, in some ways by some of the same things we were seeing that, uh, women out there were, were struggling with various things, but not feeling like they could talk about it, uh, publicly. It was sort of whispered behind the scenes and maybe with your best friend, but, you know, where do you go for resources for, for that, as you said, solidarity of, of conversations with women about how do we make all this work? How do we do the things that are important to us and survive it with some measure of sanity left in place? Exactly. It's uh, the sanity part is real, but I think more than that, it's like, can we find joy in this? Right. Mm -hmm. It's, I think when you have a kid, most of us are are trying. I mean, I we were trying hard to to make it happen, and it happened. And then I was like, "Wow, this is not exactly what I suspected it was going to be. Yeah. Um, it's not what I expected. It's what I want, but I didn't know it was going to be so hard. And so I was just very determined, type A personality, to figure out how to make it work. And that's you know, it's been a mission of mine then to help other mothers figure out how to make it work for them. Because at the end of the day, mamas, like all of us, we're, we're the backbone to society. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're working, contributing to the economy and also raising the next generation. Yeah. And so, you know, without us, <laughs> the world isn't going to be as great of a place as it would be if we are all thriving. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, what I really want to talk with you about today is sort of how you're doing all of this. So you've got a career, you've got a family, you've got a, as you know, whether you want to call it a side hustle, you've got the podcast and all the other things you're doing around that to provide a support mechanism for other working moms. And I want to talk with you a little bit about sort of the nitty gritty of how you're managing all that. So we're going to get into that, but I always think it's helpful to have some context for those specific things that you're doing that work or don't work. Uh, I think it helps for us to know a little bit about what your life is like, because that, that kind of helps us understand why certain things work for you and, and don't work for you. So as part of that kind of backdrop to the conversation, if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what might that look like? Sure. Well, I have a newborn. I mean, the eight month old, I'm nursing him. So I wouldn't say that there's ever a typical start to the day, but I'll just go with on average. I'll, I'll start with today. Um, he woke up around five, which is awesome because last night they were both asleep by 11, which means I was asleep by 1130. Um, so 1130 to five uh, was my sleeping time, which honestly, if you've had a newborn that you're nursing, you know, like that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Um, so he was up around five. I brought him into the bed and I nursed him in the bed. He's sleeping in a, in a bassinet, um, nursed him in the bed and and then I got up. Tuesdays tend to be early days for me. And then that, and that day I start working somewhere around seven. Um, and that's because I am here in mountain time and my company is headquartered in New York. So on East coast time. So there's a two hour difference. And so there is a lot of ebb and flow between, you know, working in the mountain hour time versus working on East coast time. Sometimes I start early and end early. Sometimes I start early and end late. Sometimes <laughs> I start late and end late. And sometimes I start late and end early. Um, those are the best days, right? Mm -hmm. So it really kind of all depends. But this morning, the way that it worked out, and most mornings as I wake up, I feed my son and then I get the day started. Um, I have a little bit of a morning ritual that I do. I take some time to hydrate myself, to stretch, 
sometimes I work out, but you know, lately I have to be completely honest. I've not been working out as much as I used to, but I do do like 10 to 15 minutes of yoga and then try to center myself on what's most important for me to do that day. By that time, my toddler's usually up. And once he's up, it's kind of focusing on him and his needs, uh, making sure that he has breakfast. He likes a little bit of cuddle time in the morning. We'll read a book and then he wants to play. You know, he's at that stage where he wants me to be on the floor playing with him. So I do that as much as I can. And then at some point I hop in the shower and usually around then my husband is either just gotten up or is getting up and then we're together just trying to get the kids ready for the day. They're both in school. And so he takes them to school and then I head off to work or sometimes I head off to work and then he takes them to school. If heading off to work means coming to the dining room table and opening the computer, that is usually a little bit more distracting than me actually getting my car and going to the office. <laughs> but whatever I head off to work is, like that's what it is. And then I, I start my day and I work. I end work usually around between five and six. Again, that East Coast thing kind of depends. So I usually end work between five and six and head home. Uh, my husband does pick up. If I can get home early enough, then we'll ride together to go pick my sons up from school. It's like really cool to see them, especially the two and a half year old, you know, be so excited to see you after school. That's mm -hmm. kind of refills me in a way. Um, so if I can, we'll ride and also gives my husband and I some adult time to like sit and chat with each other. Um, but we'll ride, go pick up my son, come home. We, uh, we eat dinner, we do bath time, we play, um, we read some books, he goes to bed, the newborn, you know, we're just kind of managing him, I guess, until it's really time for him to go take his bath and go to bed. I'll probably do a little bit of work on the savvy working mom and then put myself to bed and wake up the next day and start it all over again. Mm. Pretty full days. Yes, definitely very, very full days. And, <laughs> and yet I feel like they could be fuller, but I spend a lot of time trying to not do things, um, at least not do the things that don't matter to me. And so my days could be even fuller than they are, but I like them that way. Like that is a, it's a conscious choice for me to have such a full day because that's when I feel best. Yeah. And so, you know, every person's life's a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive in the way that she wants to and getting the things done that really matter what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and, and being productive in the, in the way that you define it? Uh, right now, I think my biggest challenge is just how unpredictable everything is. And that is, yes, like an ode to COVID and 2020, but it also is an ode to having a newborn and being in the middle of a relocation and having a side business, right? Having a savvy working mom right now growing very quickly. And so, you know, the needs that come with that are, are just unpredictable. And so just not being able to predict things, to not have the schedule go as I want it to go and have monkey wrenches thrown in all day long, you know, that I think is the biggest challenge for me. And then staying sane, you know, through those challenges, like everything gets blown up in the day, making sure that I don't get down on myself or um, beat myself up about not achieving all the things I wanted to achieve that day because, life happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, you know, personally, I'm kind of a planner. I like to know what to expect and, and kind of have a plan in mind. And so, uh, it's always difficult for me when things get thrown completely out of whack and I can't, you know, the plan has to be thrown out the window. How do you, how do you cope with that? How do you, um, you know, keep going or, or stay productive when you're dealing with those, that kind of unpredictability? Yeah. For me, it's really two things. It's 
about mindset and then about having lists. I have a lot of lists. And the mindset thing is really just, you know, we can, I truly believe that we can reset our entire day in any moment. I forget that a lot, right? I'm not the, it's a practice, like yoga is a practice. It's something you have to keep working at, but you know, I'll take a big sigh or if I'm alone, scream in my car or do whatever (laughs) physical thing I need to do to just remind myself to reset, right? Mm -hmm. Things happen. The day isn't what I thought it was going to be, but that's okay because it's about the actions that I'm taking moving forward, given the circumstances that I'm in. And I try and remind myself of that, right? That I I can create what happens next. And when I do that, then I go back to the various lists that I have running through my head or um, on paper around things I need to get done. And so maybe, you know, at work, for example, I was planning on uh, finishing out a presentation or writing, you know, one of those very long emails that sometimes you have to write that take an hour to put together. But um, an emergency comes up and I have to leave work. Rather than getting really, you know, upset about it, I just pause, remember I can reset figure out when I'm going to work on that. So it might be later in the day. It might be the next day. Hopefully it's not something super pressing and it can wait 24 to 48 hours. And then I go handle the emergency. And then after that, I look at and think, okay, what is the next thing that I can do today of all the things that I need to get done? And I just kind of start doing that next thing. I pivot a lot between work and the savvy working mom and my kids and myself, right? Making sure I take care of myself, um, our little dog, our house, right? Because you got to manage the house too. So just pivoting between all of those, but knowing that, you know, if any one thing isn't able to come to fruition or it doesn't, you know, happen at 845, like I had it written on my planner, that it most likely can happen late, happen later. And something that really kind of, I guess, got me there to to that idea of being able to kind of reset and go through that list is, um, and I think it was Nora Roberts who made this analogy, but it's super helpful. It's been really, really helpful for me and just my sanity and helping me to find more joy and peace in life. And it's that, you know, we, we are juggling a bunch of balls as, as mothers, as working mothers, as women, as busy people, we're juggling a bunch of balls. And some of those balls are rubber and some of those balls are glass. And in each area of your life, you're juggling a bunch of balls, right? So I'm juggling a bunch of balls with my kids. I'm juggling a bunch of balls with my career. I'm juggling a bunch of balls with my marriage. I'm juggling a bunch of balls with the household, with my body, right? And so you're juggling all these balls. And the rubber ones, you know, if they fall, it's cool. It can fall. It's going to bounce. It's going to end up under the couch someplace. And you can always go and pick it up later. The glass balls can't fall. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, there aren't as many glass balls as rubber balls, right? And so it's about recognizing which ones are the glass balls and making sure that you keep those in the air and letting the rubber balls fall and bounce every once in a while. Um, That analogy has really helped me to not overcomplicate or put too much importance, importance on things that at the end of the day aren't necessarily going to, you know, give me the best life possible. Yeah. I love that. The, uh, and the other piece of that is, and you kind of hinted at this, but not beating yourself up if one of the rubber balls bounces and if it gets, you know, stuck under the couch for right. a day, being clear about what that means and what it doesn't mean about you as a person. Yes, exactly. Like the rubber ball is rubber for a reason because it's, it's meant to bounce. It's meant to fall and it's meant to bounce sometimes. And letting it fall in balance is actually a good thing because it means you can continue to focus on the glass ball on the thing that you can't let fall. Yeah. So what are your glass balls? When you think of what constitutes a glass ball, what is that for you? For me, it's really the things that I know if I let them fall, 
my life would end up in a really negative place. So the health of my children, like when we were relocating here, you know, the first thing I did was find their doctors, find the specialists I needed, like (laughs) making sure that they had the right um, medical care was extremely important to me. So like the health of my children is very important. My health is important. My husband's health, health. I mean, always, especially in 2020, but I guess our health is really important. And then there's a spectrum of that, right? Even so I guess there's glass balls and rubber balls. Um, Right now, a rubber ball that I'm letting fall is my weight. I had a baby in May and, you know, I used to be super, super fit. Like I was a CrossFit certified trainer. I've owned a gym in the past, helping men lose weight. And that was at the time, I think a glass ball for me after having kids, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's a rubber ball. And that definitely took a mental um, kind of shift. Uh, but now, you know, my weight is a part of my health that is a rubber ball and it's, it's under the couch. It's collecting a lot of dust. I need to pick (laughs) it up. I need to, uh, I need to dust it off at some point before it gets trapped in all that dust. Um, but you know, that is something that's an area of my health that I'm, that I've just really lit, lit fall. Um, and I'm okay with it because with my health, the glass ball right now is actually my mental health and Mm -hmm. making sure that I am, um, managing my sanity, um, managing, you know, any possible ideas around depression that might be coming up, um, postpartum type depression, uh, making sure that I steer clear of that and, um, and making sure that mentally like I'm in a, I'm in a good place. That's, that's the glass ball right now in my health that I can't let go. And that isn't directly tied to like what I actually weigh. Um, so that's kind of those, that's how I try, try to separate it. You know, my career right now is a glass ball, but again, there's parts of it that are glass and there are parts of it that are rubber. I've got one major project that is a, that is a glass ball for me of all the work that I'm doing. We've got one really big project and that's my glass ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm focusing on that. I'm trying to make it the glass ball for all of my team and my organization. I'm responsible for thousands of people. I want it to be their glass ball. Other things can fall. This one can't, you know, but other projects are really exciting or interesting, and but they're just rubber balls. Mm-hmm. Some projects are, um, you know, some day-to-day work is actually a glass ball because, you know, if you pick up the phone to call us and you can't get through, that would be a problem, right? So yeah. we have to make sure that that part works, right? Some of the basic stuff can really be a glass ball as well. So that's, um, I know that's kind of how I like work through it in my head and hopefully a couple examples that might help you to figure out how you could figure it out for yourself of what the glass ball and what the rubber ball. And I just want to come back though to that one thing that you said, which is, you know, making getting okay with it, I guess. And that, that does take some, it it takes some time, but if you really focus on the glass ball and see how beautiful and how important it is, it helps you to understand how the rubber balls are actually less important. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Um, everything you've just been saying, I think it's so important for, for everybody, but you know, I'm, I'm talking to women who want to be productive right now. And I think it's so important for us to give ourselves grace in these areas and, and recognize that, uh, if you choose to let some things bounce, that is not, that doesn't say anything about who you are as a person, your value as a person and, and being willing to acknowledge that you can't do everything all at the same time and choosing intentionally where your focus is going to be and and being okay, as you said, being okay with letting some other things kind of sit on the sidelines for, for a time. Yeah, it's so important. So one of, one of the things that helps me, another way to, I guess, think about this is this idea, I like to call it SMS. So shine, manage, and surrender. And if you take 
all of the tasks, the actions that you complete every day, or you take all the various areas of your life. Within each area of your life, for me, a working mom has nine, but we won't go into, I don't need to go all into all of them, but it's like your finances, your career, your health, the relationship you have with your kids, your personal development, right? You take all those areas, um, within each area, there's a part of you, there's a piece that you're going to want to shine in. There's a piece that you're going to want to manage. And then there are things you have to surrender in order to shine, mm. right? So if I think about, again, if I just come back to to my kids or my house in general, when it comes to shining, I really enjoy teaching my son. I like that he learns. I like for us to play together. I like to see his development. And so I want to shine in that, right? We, we do a lot of puzzles. We do a lot of books. We do um, extracurricular activities with him so that he can learn and grow. I don't care very much about what he eats. And when I say that, it's a managed category for me. Like I'm making sure that he has nutrients, but am I cutting his food into stars? Is everything that he eats organic? <laughs> no. Um, and manage it. He gets the nutrients that he needs, but if he wants to eat peanut butter toast for every meal, I'm, I'm not going to fight it because I'd rather put that energy to working with him on his development. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to surrendering, there are things that we kind of just don't, we just don't do. Um, my sons are not like Instagram worthy dressed. Like they're just going to be wearing whatever I could put on them in that moment. The socks very rarely are the same socks on, on either foot. So that's like something that I've just realized, you know, I got to surrender that and I'm okay with that. You know, they're, they might not be the cutest, but they will be the most engaged. And that is, that's what matters to me. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much be, that you're, you're being very intentional about this and giving, you know, s serious thought to what really matters most to you and, and ordering your life accordingly. And I, I commend you for that. I think that's important for all of us. Thank you. So as you are, you know, managing all these different roles that you have and the things that are important to you, are there, I want to get real kind of practical here for just a second. Are there any particular tools you like or resources you recommend for managing your time, your space, whatever, for, for being productive in the way that you want to be and keeping a handle on the things that are important to you? Yes. There are three things that really have helped me to get to where I am and to feel good. And the first is a system I developed called Be Back. The next is using a, um, a paper planner. Mm. And the third is time blocking. Okay. And so for me, um, I'll start with the paper planner. I like to write things down. I feel like when I write things down, I remember them more. Um, I like stickers because they're fun and they make me feel good. Uh, so paper planners just work for me. Oftentimes, you know, you might think I'm wasting time because I'm putting it in the planner and then a lot of stuff does end up in a digital world somehow, some way. But ultimately, I feel like that is how I am my most organized and productive is when I'm writing the things down. Um, so the paper planner is it's kind of key to my, to my success. Is there a particular paper planner that you really like? Yes. Yeah. And I've tried quite a few of them. There's one called Firefox. You can find it on Amazon. Um, it's, it's called Firefox. They've got a 
full year planner. They have a weekly planner. I like the one that is uh, blank. So you can fill in the dates yourself and it's a three month planner. Okay. So every quarter, just use it kind of on a quarterly basis. And that helps me when I think about setting goals. Cause I like to set goals on a quarterly basis. I definitely have like macro level goals that are about, you know, the next one to three to five years even. But ultimately if I don't break them down into at least quarterly bite-sized pieces, um, I don't feel like I'm able to achieve as much. And so their three month planner really works well. Okay. And your other two tools you mentioned. Yes, time blocking. Time blocking is extremely important to me. Um, And that is really just the idea of saying, okay, during this set time, I'm going to work on one very specific thing. Mm -hmm. And so I try to block that time weekly, well, daily, a weekly and a monthly basis. So for example, when it comes to emails at work, I don't respond to emails nonstop. I'm not always looking at my phone um, to respond to emails. Instead, I try to block half hour blocks throughout the day where I'm focused on getting the emails out um, because that allows me ultimately to be more um, efficient and effective. Um, I also try to schedule, for example, all of my team reviews. Um, I mean, I do weekly one-on-ones with my, with my team members and I try and schedule those all within a certain block of time. So like I'm in that mode, in the feedback mode and the receiving information mode, and I don't have to start and stop and switch my brain back and forth. Um, when it comes to, you know, work at home, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if I'm going to work on, um, you know, cleaning up the kitchen, then I just focus on the kitchen, right? I have a tendency to say, okay, I'm going to do the kitchen and then I'm going to go walk over to the living room and then I'm going to walk, I'm just start picking at all these things. No, like just do the kitchen in this time. Um, or sometimes it does get a little broader. It's like, just clean in this time. This is the time for cleaning, put on the tunes, like get it done. And when the hour's up, you're, you're finished. Mm-hmm. So um, time blocking really helps me. Um, and another way to, I guess, refer to time blocking is like batching mm-hmm. and that comes back to that, um, that D back method that I mentioned, um, which really stands for the D stands for delegate. The E is eliminate the B is batch and the, the A is calibrate. Um, sorry, the A is automate and the C is calibrate. And that is really all of the work, all the tasks, everything that comes at me asking for my time, asking for my energy. I try to, um, put it through those filters to see what really has to be done first, what really has to be done by me. And then if I can do it more efficiently. So when work comes to me, like I ask myself, I actually really go with the E first, but D back just seemed to look a little bit more sense um, when I try and share it with folks. Um, but E is limiting. Mm-hmm. And so something comes to me, I just ask myself, like, do I actually have to do this? Does this actually have to get done? Is it something that we can eliminate, especially if it's something that we've been doing for a very long time? I just kind of pause and, and just, can I eliminate this? Do we have to be doing it? If the mm-hmm. answer is yes, we have to do it. Then I look at the other things. The first that I do then look at is the D and is, can I delegate it? Can somebody else do it? Mm-hmm. Is this really where I should be spending my time or can someone else do it? And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes behind delegating and making sure that you delegate appropriately. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense to delegate, but that's where I like to start is can someone else do it so that I can focus on the things I want to shine in. Right. So I can focus on my glass balls. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, it is about batching, which is that time blocking. So can I take similar tasks and put them all into one piece of like one space, one time um, so that I'm not switching on and off. Right. So I can be as efficient and effective as possible. And then I think, can I automate it? You know, is this something that maybe I can, I can set it and forget it. I might 
take time to like write a script, for example, or to uh, set up some type of a flow chart or a system, whatever it is to, to make it more automated. But can I do that? And if not, can I calibrate it? And with calibrate, I mean, is there a way to remove some of the steps? Hmm. Um, can I do less and still get the same amount? Um, and if so, then like, let's do that. So those are the steps that I go through that DBAC method for everything that comes to me um, so that what I'm left doing are truly the most important things and the things that I should be doing. Yeah. So have you, I, I love the way you describe this and your, your DBAC method. Have you written about this? Do you have a, a blog post or a, a podcast episode where you've talked about this in more depth? Yes. Yeah. I have a blog post about it. Um, let me find the link and I can send that to you. It's, but if you go to the savvy working mom, um, the blog, the savvy working mom.com and you search DBAC, it'll come up. And then I also am actually in the middle of developing a course around it because people keep asking about it. So I was like, let me just put this in a course to help other people get really good at it. Cause it has been extremely effective for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and I think it's great when we can develop a system like that, that works for us and nothing works for everybody, but I love hearing about what works for different people. That's the whole reason I have, you know, women like you come and talk with us on the show to share the systems and the tools that are working for you, because it's going to work for other people as well. Maybe not everybody, but I, I love that you're, you're kind of publishing this and making it available, um, to, for those of us who want to get better at managing all these things and the, the thought process that, that is behind it, I think is great. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I started too. Like I know that everything that works for me isn't going to work for someone else. And I know that everything that works for you or for another woman isn't necessarily going to work for me, but I feel like we can all learn from each other and exactly. build up our tool cases um, or our toolkits so that we can, you know, so we can be as effective and productive as possible. Yeah, absolutely. That is the whole reason I started this podcast was for that very Love reason. It. If we all, you know, share kind of pool our ideas and our resources uh, amongst us, we're going to figure out ways to get through all this stuff. I want to ask you, because I think this is so interesting and I always learn from, from this question, you've obviously spent a lot of time thinking about these things and getting systems and tools in place that work for you to uh, help you be productive in the way that you want to be and accomplish the things that are important to you. But even with all that in place, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Yes, I definitely have those days. Um, and <laughs> when I have those days, first, I think the first thing is, you know, I have to catch myself and realize that I'm having that kind of a day because I just keep going. Like I am inertia full speed ahead and I will just keep going and plowing through. And sometimes when I have those days, it then becomes me plowing through in a reckless way and sometimes in an angry way and sometimes in a, in a thoughtless way, right? And so it's like, I, I'm still moving forward but it's not in a good way. Mm -hmm. And I have to catch myself. And sometimes that's, you know, sometimes it's my husband catching me um, and just saying, hey, have you eaten today? Because you're pretty <laughs> cranky. And it's like, wait, maybe I didn't eat, right? So let's start with my biological needs. Like, have I, have I slept? 
if I haven't slept, then let me figure out how I can get some sleep in or some rest or something that's going to be restorative. Uh, and having a newborn that is mm -hmm. usually where I start is, is it the sleep? Is it the lack of sleep? Um, do I need more coffee? Like what do I need to do to restore myself somehow? Um, and then it's like, have I eaten? Am I eating well, right? If I've been eating sandwiches and cookies and chips for the last week, no wonder I feel a little like crappy and I'm not like at my best, you know what I mean? Um, and then sometimes it is really, uh, after I kind of go through my biological needs, it's, am I doing things that I start asking myself a lot of questions? Um, uh, that's, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature and I'm very introspective. And so I start asking myself questions like, why might I feel like this? And there's usually some common causes that I found over, you know, the almost 40 years of life that I have that have led me to, to get to a place where I'm out of control um, or where, you know, I'm just having a really bad day. And it's one, I'm not focusing on my glass balls mm -hmm. and I'm letting other things come before them. And what tends to happen for me, because at my heart, I'm really a people pleaser is I'm doing a lot of stuff that I feel like I should be doing because other people want me to. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm putting my energy and my attention in the wrong place. And ultimately that feel bad. It, diverts my energy and attention from the places where I want it to be. And I have to kind of restructure. So I have to go back and I have to say no, or I have to hurry and finish the things that I committed to doing um, so that I can kind of refocus where I'm at. And if that's not the case, then I found for me, sometimes it's just that I have, um, I've overcommitted myself to myself, mm. right? I've, I've made up what my to-do list should look like and how long it should be. And it's not something that's actually attainable. Mm. And so I start to kind of feel bad about not being able to do all the things that I want to do. Um, when I get to that place, it's usually, usually I end up crying. I'm like crying someplace, just <laughs> feeling really frustrated and saying to myself, I can't do it all. And then I have to remember and ask myself, but do you really need to do it all? Like, what do you actually need to do? Because it's not all this that you're telling yourself you need to do. And just go back and have that conversation with myself and start to refocus on where are my glass balls? Where are the areas that I want to shine and what do I need to surrender? And just kind of go through that exercise so that I can, so that I can feel better. I think one of the things that I have learned is for me to recharge, I do need time to, um, to do nothing. Mm -hmm. what, what people call do nothing. For me, it's recharging. Like I need to sit and stare at a wall maybe sit and have a glass of wine, uh, maybe sit and watch some reality TV, uh, I'm into the Real Housewives, <laughs> maybe sit and read a book, but I need to sit, I need to sit yeah. and do something alone by myself in order for me to, to recharge. And so I try and find time to do that, um, especially when I'm having one of those crazy days. And look, on those like really crazy days, it's usually so many of those different things that I just mentioned are happening that it's hard to find that time, but even if it's 10 to 15 minutes just sitting in my car and taking some really deep breaths and, you know, maybe reading my book or closing my eyes, that can make all the difference to me getting through the day and, you know, getting to bed and waking up and reminding myself it's a new day, it's a new start. Let's focus on what's important and let everything else go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much of what you just said. Um it really resonates with me. And like you, I'm an introvert. And I that doesn't mean I don't like people because I do. I love being around people and interacting with others. But to recharge, as you said, I've got to have some time to to sit and do what looks like nothing. And I 
have learned over the years that I've got to leave enough white space in my days uh, to to allow for that. Otherwise, things go south pretty quickly. Yeah, and I love people too. I think that's one of those funny things about introverts. It's not that we don't like people. We just need alone time yeah. <laughs> to be our best around people, yeah. to really, truly enjoy people. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a good conversation. I've really enjoyed all the insights that you've offered and the the kind of the behind the scenes look at how you're doing all these things. Where can people connect with you online, Whitney, if they want to learn more about what you're doing uh, over at the the Savvy Working Mom or, you know, have a question or anything, where's the best place for them to find you? The best place to find me is if you want to interact directly, it's Instagram. Um, at the Savvy Working Mom on Instagram, or if you just want to hear more about my thoughts or thoughts of other women, um, the Savvy Working Mom podcast, which is available everywhere that um, probably your podcast is available. Yeah. And we will definitely put links to all that in the show notes for this episode. Whitney, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? What would you say to her as we as we wrap up? What I would say is, look, you get one life. We get one. And it should be the most enjoyable, wonderful experience that it can be. It's not always going to be perfect. The journey is a thing, right? And getting through the journey, understanding the journey, enjoying the journey is really a part of loving that one life that you have. But ultimately, you do have one life. And if you can make a way to spend it on the things that matter most to you and not to other people, the world actually will be better. When you are shining in the area that you want to shine in, the world gets better. Well said. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you. Well, I really enjoyed talking with Whitney and I am thankful to her for taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she's making a life that matters for her great insights and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Whitney or me or any comments about the things that she and I discussed? You can share your questions or thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 329. Uh, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you'd rather share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to uh, visit the show notes for this episode to find links to Whitney's website, where you'll find a wealth of resources if you're a working mom, and her podcast as well. And I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you again for spending this time with me and with Whitney. I sincerely hope you found that it was worthwhile and that something in the conversation was encouraging or helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, please remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>